Hey, Dane. Hey. Have you ever heard of a cold open before? A cold open? You know that thing where, like, there's something before something happens and sometimes it might be relevant and sometimes it might not be relevant? You know, those sort of things? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. What, uh, what is well, it like? You, this is what it's like. Hi, welcome to Movie Butts. This is uh, Arnie Joe. And, and I'm Dane. <laughs> Sorry, I, you know, I was trying something a bit different, see how we flow, you know, but... I realized very quickly I had nothing actual to say, you know. Uh, <laughs> this is our podcast where we do a bunch of math to determine the best and worst of a certain topic, whether it be a filmmaker, a studio, a series, uh, a director, whatever you call it, you know. I um, basically do a bunch of math, uh, which involves, you know, Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, the box office and the budget. Do a bunch of hickety dickety, and then boom, we've got the best and the worst of our topic. What did we watch this week, Dane? Um, we watched the films of Woody Allen, The Shadows and Fog, and Hannah and Her Sisters. I remembered. Yeah. So we watched. We <laughs> so we watched um, from I think nineteen eighty to about nineteen ninety one. Um, funnily enough, this was what's known as the Mia Farrow era. Um, so the first few that we watched that were Woody Allen was what's what I call the, the Diane Keaton era, you know, when most of his films had Diane Keaton, you know, Annie Hall. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm pretty sure that Shadows and Fog is the last film he did before she found out that he was sleeping with their <laughs> child. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's, in, it's good that we kind of like, there's like, there's like a... A finality to this like the ones we're doing are in an era you know yeah. what i mean not i was just watching a random shadows thing. and fog the whole time trying to see if i could see in her face a slight suspicion of what was going on maybe <laughs> that would have been far more apparent if we were watching husbands and wives which is the next film which is the one that she was contractually obligated to finish even though she wanted to i think pretty much fucking murder him uh. you know Oh, um, okay. I think it's not long after this that she discovered the photos of Sue. I can't remember her name. Um, anyway, uh, the, 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 the best one this time was Hannah and her sisters. The worst was, uh, shadow and fog. Um, overall, what do you, how do you feel about this kind of era of Woody Allen? Um, I think honestly, it's similar to every era of Woody Allen. Right. I mean, like anyone who says that. No, during the 70s, he was the best or whatever. It's like, nah, every decade with him is the same. It's a handful of shit with a few nuggets of gold. Mm, I think, I think there's, I think slowly over time, there was a bit of a, a bit of a, bit of a shift. Um, you could probably agree with me here, but I would say in the early days, it would probably be hit, hit, miss, hit, hit, miss, hit, hit, miss. Mm. And then it became pretty close to hit, miss, hit, miss, hit, miss. And now we're in the era of miss, miss, hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. the, the, the bad far outweighs the good. Um, this, I think, I think from looking at it all, he, he was still quite inspired at this time um, and experimenting a bit mm. um, as we could probably see with Shadow and Fog, Shadows and Fog, which I think is a bit of a different film. But anyway, we should probably start with the good one. Um, mathematically, uh, uh, Hannah and her sisters is quite a balanced, well-regarded film. 
Uh, audience like it, critics like it. But the real thing that pushed it over the line was the fact that this is the only one of the movies in that era that made a substantial amount of money. Um, for I don't know why specifically this one, because it is still very much a Woody Allen movie. Mm. Um, but yeah, for some reason, this one was um, financially more successful. Do you have any idea why maybe? Maybe it was because it looked like a film about just women. Yeah. Like, actually, that that's a fair point. The Even if you look at the poster, it says Woody Allen on it, but this mm. isn't a film. This is, this doesn't, it doesn't look like it's selling a Woody Allen film. No, it, you know? it, it, no, it looks like it would be something different and something interesting. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. This came out, uh, um, this is all making a bunch of sense to me. This came out at a very similar time to a movie called Terms of Endearment, which is a very sappy, um, I don't want to say chick flicky film, but like middle suburban movie where mm. with about like real people in, you know, a middle class life and stuff. And looking at the poster, it almost looks like the same movie. <laughs> and yeah. then Terms of Endearment was like, I think one best picture, won a bunch of Oscars. So maybe it just was calling out to the zeitgeist at the time or something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what what's the, how would you describe this film, Dane? <clears throat> Well, Hannah and her sisters is about well, Hannah and her two sisters. Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's great. Kind of about their, their love life. I mean, uh, one of the characters in it is um, the Hannah's partner who falls in love with Hannah's one of Hannah's sisters. And there's this um, uh, strange bond formed over time and we we follow that them gradually falling for each other and and the 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 chaos that causes and uh then we just follow woody allen for some reason he's he's kind of he's just in it Mm, mm. i would Uh, say this film is like mainly the story of the affair between the um the husband that's, that's what it should be about but we dedicate like half the screen time to just Woody Allen's character for some reason. I, I kind of... I've se- I've seen this before a little while ago and I kind of minimized in my brain how much screen time he gets in this film. Like, yeah. I remember it being a substantial subplot. Like a, like a subplot, you know, like something that's kind of just happening there and he... And I thought he intertwined more with what was actually happening in the... In the fucking movie, like, but no, a lot of a lot of what happens with him is completely separate, is unrelated, and doesn't even really need to be in the film. You know what it reminded me of? Um, that the the Medea movie. Yeah, where yeah. um, it's it's following some family drama, and then to the side for half the screen time, we just see various moments in this guy's life i guess Mm, i guess mm. he sort of has his own story he has the the doctor's appointment he's going to but it has nothing to do with hannah and her sisters until he starts until he goes on a date with one of the sisters yeah and that's that's it honest to goodness i think this film could have i i was relatively interested and following the the um the story of the affair, you know, I, I, I found it interesting. I, I really, I hated Michael Caine's character, but I think that was the point. Um, 
but yeah, every time every time we'd go to Woody Allen, I'm kind of feeling I I kind of felt like he was he he chickened out. Mm. Um and well, um, I think it the, for and, it, and it's for the same reason that Tyler Perry puts Medea in all the movies, even definitely. though they're not about Medea. It's marketable with him in it. Um, exactly, it's just an like you know, people are going to show up to the movie, and, and 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 it's like, where's Woody? Where's the comedy man? And so mm, he has mm. to kind of just shove himself in there doing the most generic Woody Allen shit. Like he goes to the doctor and he's like, uh, he's like, hey, I think I got a brain tumor. And he's like, last week you thought you had lymphoma. And he's like, no, you know me uh, that I usually just I'm never sick. I usually I just imagine I'm sick because so I'm, I'm a hypochondriac. At- I'm I'm looking at his filmography, right? And from pretty much the beginning till this film, he's o- there have only been two films that he hasn't starred in. Mm. And one of them both of them are like critically regarded but made fucking like lost money. So mm. I think maybe um out of fear of contracts or something it had to he, make uh, money so he had to like put himself in there. Definitely. So it's kind of like, oh, I need to have my little subplot. I'll fucking, you know, I'll, I'll write. I think, honestly, if you take all the Woody Allen shit out, except for... The date? Yeah, except for the date. Like, so in the story, she, uh, one of Hannah's sisters goes on a date with Woody Allen. And the date goes really bad because she takes him to a punk rock club where we're greeted to like a comedy scene, I guess, mm. of, of Woody Allen being in a punk rock club. It would have made it firmly a, a cameo appearance. Yeah. And know? then and then he takes her to a jazz club and she hates that. And then he's like, this is the worst date ever. And then puts her in a taxi and she's like, well, go to hell, you loser. Anyway, yeah. they and then the film goes on. And then later on, they meet up again under more pleasant circumstances. And they really like each other and they get together in the end. And then he's at the last Thanksgiving. Hmm. And And if he was just in those bits there, it would have been, it would have made sense. And it also would have made a better movie and also like a delightful cameo of him being in it. It would have made made it a little less um, samey. To me, like for, for I watched Shadow and Shadows and Fog before I watched this one, just to just to experience something new because I had seen this one a little while ago. And when I watched this, when his scenes came and he was, you know, like there was a static camera and he was walking towards the camera and he was mumbling to himself about his fucking insecurities and religion. Mm. I'm like, I've been here before. Yeah, oh, I don't need same. this, you know. This yeah. is the same crap over and over again. It's all and, all the parts with him in it just being his usual self. Yeah, are the worst parts. Yeah, and he's and just honest like, to goodness, what's the point if we're just gonna die? Yeah, oh, and God. if it's called Hannah and his sister, Hannah and her sisters, right? Mm. If you take out that twenty minutes, thirty minutes of him, and maybe give it to, you know. The Hannah, sisters or Hannah, Hannah. Yeah, yeah, Hannah's yeah. barely in it. Um, good. Give it to like, Hannah and the other sister. Like the Michael Caine love interest gets enough screen time. I yeah, think. It's, but it's, the, it's but it's, Hannah it's, and the other sister don't get enough screen time, and they could use it there. Yeah, like the uh, uh, Diane Weiss. You know the one that's always like trying to like find a new career. 
Mm. I would love to have seen more of that. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about it. Like, I was just saying give more time to Hannah. But I'm thinking about it now. I think she kind of fits as a bit of a cipher. Mm. Um, You know, they're all comparing their lives to her. And, like, she's too good. And that makes people feel insecure and stuff. I think, remember, at one point, he's just like, you're too happy. And it's not good. And it's upsetting me. Yeah. Um, I think you might, we might lose that if we get to know her a little bit more. But I don't know. I, I think that there could have been a far more uh, good way to, you know, spend our time, you know. And, and I, I guarantee you that his little walk-in scenes isn't why people came and saw this one. No, there's, um, there's, a, there's a part like um, after the date, right, with um, Hannah's sister, the one who we don't see enough of. Yeah. When he puts her in the taxi... And the taxi drives off. As the taxi drives off, the camera starts moving with him as he's walking and the taxi's driving. Mm. And the taxi drives out of frame and we stay with Woody Allen. And I was just like, we should be in the taxi with her right now. Yeah, yeah, Not I with agree. this guy. I agree. It's, um, I think, I think it was just him being lazy. Um, cause he can write that. How many, how many times, how many of those scenes do you think he, that guy still has in him now? Mm. I think he's got one or maybe two for every film until the day he fucking dies somehow still stored in him. When he takes those chances and he breaks out and he, and he, and he focuses on some, something else. Mm. I don't know. I, it's rewarding. You know, because he's not a bad writer at all. Yeah, I he think just... it was honestly just like he had, it, like with Hannah and his sisters, I think he probably had to ensure that it made money. And like you said, the other two without him in it didn't. So he's mm. like, all right, I'm just going to have to stick myself in this, you know, a Medea situation. And, and that's it. I think he just had to kind of like. I've you never know. heard him talk about it with this one before, but there's a movie he's he's in called Crimes and Misdemeanors. I don't know if you've heard of that one, but it's about uh, a guy who's sick of his fucking wife and plans to have her murdered. And that's like 90% of the film, but on the poster, he's on it. Yeah. And, and he's got like a big... He's got a portion of the film is based on him. Yeah. And he greatly regrets the fact that he wrote that in. And I think it's because, you know, he he probably thought the film needed it. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if he feels at all the same about Hannah and her sisters. Well, he, he should. And But you know what's really weird? I was just thinking, like, he's not on the, the poster or the no. front cover. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what the fuck his character is because it's almost like a parody of himself. It's Woody Allen. It's yeah. just Woody Allen walking into a Woody Allen movie talking but about... But even the scenes are just the same thing. Like, I couldn't believe I was watching him go to the doctor over some, like, being a hypochondriac. Yeah. And then just always talking about, oh, we're going to die someday. Oh, my mother always said I worried. Mm. Like, what mm. the fuck is this? I'm trying to get invested in this Michael Caine <laughs> bullshit. Can I just say real quick that Michael Caine... Gives a great performance. I enjoyed totally. watching him. I, I was about to ask, what about? Why do you think this film is the uh, the most successful of this era? Michael Caine. That's a fair answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. He's, he's, he's quite good. Um, 
Did you like him or did you relate to him or did you dislike him? No, I just thought he was funny. <laughs> like the bit where <laughs> the bit where he he kisses her yeah. and and um it doesn't go great, but he doesn't get rejected. Yeah. And then she says to him, Look, I'm confused. I can't talk right now. Look, I gotta go. I'll speak to you later. And she runs off like upset. And then he's so chuffed. And he says out loud, he's like, Excellent. That went wonderful. I and couldn't be happier. <laughs> and he it does went it really so awkwardly well. it's really though. funny. Huh? It went so terribly and it was so awkward. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't get outright rejected so that's a win for him and he mm. seemed so genuinely happy and innocent in that moment mm. and like he 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 plays the role really well but his character is just basically Woody Allen in this like mm. he's playing Woody Allen and so we have why do to we need watch Woody the Allen? other Woody Allen run around like he even yeah. sticks these big stupid glasses on him and has him fight with Mia Farrow that's true <laughs> like I there's this there's this part where like uh Michael Caine is sitting down with Mia Farrow preparing to break up with her and oh, he's is that just, when he keeps saying no of course not but yeah, it's yeah. like yeah <laughs> and he just keeps being like oh she's just so boring and I can't and I can't stand her and I was just thinking like imagine being Mia Farrow like playing this scene and watching that your husband has dressed someone up like, imagine if I hit you up and I was like, hey, I need you to film something for me. It's a scene for a film. Um, my girlfriend is going to play the part of the girlfriend of the main character who I've got someone else to play, but I've dressed them exactly like me. Mm -hmm. And he's going to tell her that she's really boring. It's mm -hmm. like she would sit there and be like, Okay, this is really weird. What do you what do you want to say to me? He must be very convincing because there were like my 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 girlfriend Kate was watching this with me and she was finding it creepy because she knew their history and everything. Yeah. And it's, it's quite it obvious creepy. in retrospect what he's doing, you know? Like it's Yeah, not he has Mia Farrow play a famous actress who everyone loves, but in the film makes her like really boring and droll and has the main character who's dressed like him and acts like him hate her too nice but not interesting hate know? her yeah mm. so it's it's it, it must have been a weird catharsis for him but i don't know how you go to sleep next to that person you know let alone work with them sleep with them if if you clearly just absolutely resent them and she's an idiot too I have to say, she's a fucking idiot too. <laughs> if she did not see any of this coming from yeah. any of the films she's done with him, yeah. I'm sure we could find five, at least five, where it's not not on. <laughs> like it's just yeah, not, yeah. not you acceptable. Could find, you could find at least five scenes in this movie where you could be like, yeah, that's meant to be hint, hint, Mia Farrow. Woody Allen doesn't like you anymore. Mm. He wrote it into a script and made you act it out for him. And you'll do it again. And and do you know how many she did after this? She did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more after this. 
<laughs> oh she no. She did it eight more times. That sucks. That's, it's, like, she must have just, like, she had to have known and just didn't want to accept it. How do you not know? I mean, I don't, I don't know. know what the fuck he's like. Maybe he's like a... He must be a, really good at talking. Oh, master manipulator, I master bet. Master manipulator. Um, outside of um, Woody Allen, um, is there anything specific about this film that kind of like didn't really click with you very much? Um, uh, outside of that? Yeah. No, not really. It was more just like a lack of things. Because to be fair... You know, I really did enjoy the movie that mm. kept getting interrupted by Woody Allen. But the movie yeah. outside of him is quite good. It's 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 and it's like it's a slow burn. Um one problem and you know, I don't know if this is really a big deal, but the film takes place over the course of two years and it starts at Thanksgiving family dinner. Uh, and ends on a Thanksgiving family dinner. Um, I Wait, think it you... went over two years? Yeah. For ex- some reason, I thought it was one. Yeah, so, yeah, what I was going to say is I think there could have been a bit better time management. Maybe have it feel like there's been more time gone by and have the Thanksg- the, the, the second Thanksgiving in the middle of the film and yeah. have, like, a consistent passage of time follow on because... Um, it gets quite lazy with all that shit. And it sounds like the type of thing that would have been pre-thought of like, Mm. oh, and it takes place over two years. It starts Thanksgiving, ends on Thanksgiving. Mm. So, you know, play to that. And and because it, there's one part where it feels like, you know, two weeks have gone by and it's supposed to be six months and then it gets towards the end of the film and it just skips ahead and it feels like it skips really um, interesting things that we don't get to see, I think mm. just because he had to get to the end of the film. And it's always the same problem with this cunt. It just feels rushed and lazy. The ending, specifically for all of, most of his films, some, sometimes it works... But most of them, you can tell he's just... This is How many drafts of this do you think he did? One. He does one draft of everything. Because it just, it's just like, oh, well, we're getting to about 110, but we better wrap this up now. You know? And he yeah. probably saw that it was Thanksgiving, or he's like, oh, okay, Thanksgiving scene. That'll wrap it up. Blah, 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 blah. I think as soon as he finishes the first draft, mm. like immediately after he's hit the full stop on his old lame typewriter... He's on the phone to the studio being like, yeah, his agent being like, I've got another one. How much money can you give me? That's, yeah. Um, Here's the thing, though. I like his films. I genuinely like this film. But slow the fuck down. Honestly, slow the fuck down. You do not need to do one a year. Let these things bake a bit. Because I I felt like I missed out on something really good. With mm. watching Hannah and her sisters, that's, I'm that's like, all this of that's all of Woody Allen's so movies. Good. That's all. Always, there's there's a handful of greatness. Yeah, and then there's a whole bunch of uh, being a B plus film. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, for me, th- this is one. This is known as one of his better ones, and it's still this one for me is still a B plus film. 
Yeah, he takes that sort of like infinite monkeys and typewriters approach where it's mm. if he never stops making films and he makes as many as possible, by the end, he's going to have a few classics under his belt. But he does. And it's worked for him so far. You yeah, know? I, yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, it's just like... Like, yeah. that I, I really wanted to watch the better version of Hannah and his sisters that could have existed... If he just had given him given himself like six extra months to mm. really like plan this shit out and to have a moment where he's like, my character is completely pointless except for these bits. I should expand on this character more because she's really interesting, but we never really get to see her. You know, and it's you know- called Hannah and her sisters. So we should maybe make all of the sisters main characters in the film. Not some Liter- random literally, guy. Like literally, the fucking huh? Diane Weist, the one that's the 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 one that's like the 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 fucking writer. Um. She she won an Academy Award for this. Okay. And she's like barely in it. <laughs> I don't know. Like I just find that weird. <laughs> um. I also again even the same. Like I I, was, I just realized then. He's writing a story about himself, right? Mm-hmm. And and his wife is playing it, and then he gets his a character to write the story of their life, which is the story of Woody Allen's life, and then gets Mia Farrow to get upset about it in the film. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. even he even plays out what would happen if she finally started to get. Yeah, exactly. I was pointing that out to my missus when we were watching it. I was like, look at this shit. So that his exactly why he's put that in here is so that when Mia Farrow can like look at the the, the fucking script and and all the finished product and be like, look at this, look at what you did. He can be like, oh my God, look, you're reacting exactly like the character did. And she's crazy. You don't want to be crazy, (laughs) do you, Mia? Psycho. Oh, uh, wouldn't it be uh, funny if, like, instead of Michael Caine being attracted to her sister, it was at, like literally he's attracted to her one of her Asian kids. She has adopted Asian <laughs> children in this movie, by the way. You see them. Oh fuck, she does, doesn't she? Yeah, they they her and uh, Michael Caine they have adopted Asian children in the film, and I think that this is secretly about that situation because. He can't write, oh, um, and Michael Caine falls in love with Hannah's daughter. Oh, I can't do that. People think it's weird. Hannah's sister. And it's really about that. What are the chances that he may have got with Mia Farrow's sister, though? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he probably did. He probably <laughs> did that as well. Why not? I... I watched it after watching these. I kind of wanted to watch a Woody Allen movie that I, I know I like. And I watched one called Deconstructing Harry. Have you seen that one? No, I don't That's think so. That's a good one. But anyway, in that, it's about a guy having an affair with his fucking wife's sister as well. So it was just, <laughs> he's just got this, he's got, he's got a few stories in him and he just re- recycles them. Anyway, I, I don't know if there's anything else I can really say about Hannah and her sisters apart from I liked seventy five percent of it, and I wish that that extra amount of time. I don't. I don't want it to. I, don't, I wish it wasn't a shorter film. I wish 
the time had been used better. Yeah, just you know? give that give Woody Allen's screen time over to Hannah's other sister. Yeah. You, you got a great you got a great movie and it's still still good. Yeah. From say a very conventional I feel conventional is a bit of a, a disservice, but to to a quite a Woody Allen esque film, one that you'd say was atypical, uh we're now going to one that's called Shadows and Fog. Um Bit of a different one here. Um, do you mind giving a, a plot description for this one, Dane? Yeah, so Shadows and Fog takes place in, like, old England times. I think whatever. it's in Germany. I think it's in Germany. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? It's like, there's, like, shits made of stone and stuff. It's, like, 1800s or something. It's old, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like Jack the Ripper times. Mm. Anyway, um... So Woody Allen plays a guy who, um, who who lives in a town where there's a crazy Jack the Ripper style killer going around, and there are local uh, militias. They're called militias, like like where townspeople get together and are all gonna commit to getting violent a lynch together. Mob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's lynch mobs, and so he's a part of a lynch mob, and they come waking him up and. They, they're like, the killer's out, done it again, we're going to go and patrol the town. So Woody Allen has to go and patrol the town. And he's, you know, he's like a weasel guy. Uh, and then Mia Farrow plays a woman who runs away from the circus and is um, running away. <laughs> she runs away and uh, she meets up with Woody Allen and they spend time together and there's a whole house involved and it's really funny. Yeah. So um overall what did you what did you think of this one? I loved this movie. I enjoyed the shit out of it. I I'm glad that I'm not the only one. You know, cuz this film resoundingly has an aggressively average reception from from critics. It's mm. not hated, no. but it it but it's it, but it's looked at as being pointless yeah, and a nothing nah. film. They don't get it. It's they a sick movie. It's um, fun as hell. And it also lost quite a bit of money. I think this is... Yeah. It lost about 12 million bucks. <laughs> um, so, for him, it's, 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 it's very rare that he doesn't at least get close to breaking even. Yeah. This is one that was a resounding failure. Um, what about this film? It's weird. Again, this is the bad one, but what about this one did you, did you like? I liked almost every aspect of this movie, I think. Um, I liked the performances quite a lot. Yep. Um, the performances weren't as... I, we didn't talk about it in Hannah and Sisters. Just want to say all the actors were brilliant. Yep. They're not uh, as authentic in this one, but they're not supposed to be. No, it's, this it's is a, a bit otherworldly. This is a bit exactly, surreal at times. Yeah, it's a bit of a surreal universe, so their performances are a bit surreal, their dialogue's a bit surreal, but it's all played beautifully and mysteriously in a very professional way. Mm. Uh, the cinematography and lighting is sick. I love that shit. Uh, and I really like the story. It's a very simple, unique story, and the the vibe of the whole film has this, like... Kafka-esque element. I think he was actually even inspired by Franz Kafka. This is like his Kafka film. And That's it's a what good I was one. thinking all the way through. I'm just like, this is just the trial. 
you know? Yeah, it's 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 a lot like the trial and it's a lot like um the castle. It reminded mm. me a lot of that. Um yeah, so if you're into Kafka, like and and you're into Woody Allen, like you'll dig this film. Like I'm into both those cunts, so I really enjoyed this. I hadn't mm. seen this before and I thought it was great. Where where Hannah and her sisters is quite a conventional Woody Allen film, would you say? This is not. And this made me um I enjoyed this, like, it, my, the experience of this next to Hannah and her sisters, I enjoyed more simply because I didn't know what I was in for. And mm. and through the film, it was one of those experiences where I was pleasantly surprised as to things he was doing. And you could clearly see that he was having fun with a lot of it too, you know? Yeah. Um, his character, uh, this is something, this is, a, this is a movie where it makes sense for Woody Allen to be in it. His character makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a parano- It's about paranoia. So having this little Weasley Jewish dude yeah. being the center of it all makes complete sense to me. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and all the jokes work in it. I, I felt like even if you don't find them funny, you can tell he pulled them off exactly how he wanted to. Totally. Like, Hannah and her sisters has a few of those moments where uh, you'll spot it if you watch even a handful of Woody Allen films. And you see some of the bad ones where you can tell he was going for a gag, but it's very lazily pulled off. And like, maybe he thought it was funny when he was writing it, but in the moment he's clearly not into it. And it's, the timing is even off. Like it's played Mm. so poorly Mm. Uh, in this one. Like you could tell that he thought this shit was genuinely really Mm. funny, uh, really funny material. So everyone (laughs) <laughs> like the, the the timing of the jokes i was surprised to see how like how old he was in this because this oh, he feels like something like he would have done when years. he yeah this feels like something he would have done when he was younger like hannah and her sisters feels like a more washed up version of this guy in shadows and fog where he seems to be like really back into his um like comedy hmm because he has really, f- like, really funny bits in this. Like, yeah. material. Like, uh, there are gags that span for like half the film. Like, the setup is at the beginning, and the and the payoff is like halfway through. Mm. Uh, it's like mm. a professional comedian again, rather than yeah, this it's... like mopey shithead in in Hannah and Her Sisters. Um, what did you uh, did, did you notice all the fucking famous people in this film? It uh, had a it had a huge cast. Yeah, I had to keep, like, running back, like, how famous would this person have been during this time? Because there are some people in there who I think wouldn't have been that famous at the time. Maybe John Cusack? John Cusack? Actually, no, he was famous in the 80s, I think, maybe. Yeah, I think think he would have been. I think, like, uh, most of them would have been. But, yeah, it was really weird to see, like almost every character in the film being played by someone famous. Yeah. I so I I did not who was Madonna? Who was Madonna? Madonna's in here and I, and I never yeah. spotted her. No, she's the woman at the beginning. She's the reason that Mia Farrow runs away. Oh, that's Madonna. Okay. Yeah. That makes total sense now. Um the yeah, the because I, I think I just was like still trying to focus and figure out what the fuck this film was when all that happened. <laughs> um, 
my the the joke that made me laugh more than the more, more than anything was that you know the bit where he's like in the doc in in the police station and they keep mentioning the glass. They're like he he touched the glass. The fingerprints are on the glass. He's he's touching the glass and then it's just cutting to him just drinking <laughs> with with the doctor and just the, just the way they're speaking is just so like unusual, but it fits with the visuals. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I um, I think he had that cut in his head when he was writing it because it's so uh, that's like, so pitch funny, perfect, you know, and and the fact that he cast Donald Pleasance from the fucking Halloween movies as this really decrepit, weird mortician guy, <laughs> like it's it's quite inspired, you know. It's it's a super fun movie. Like Hannah and her sisters was sometimes like a bit of a drag to get through. Yeah. Um. This shit seriously chugged along for me. It was so interesting and so entertaining. And you never knew where it was going to go next because at the beginning, it kind of presents itself as sort of like a comedy horror film. You think, um, oh, okay, so it's going to be this uh, Woody Allen character uh, skulking around the streets being stalked by a killer. Oh, okay, it's going to be a comedy like that. Um, and then Mia Farrow character gets introduced... And she runs away and it's like, oh, okay, and this is going to be his, his love interest. And the first thing she does is seek shelter in a whorehouse and then ends up fucking a man for $700 because he can't get, he can't get over how beautiful she is. He can't, he can't accept no, I think is more, more correct there. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Like he's like, oh no, I want her because she's just sitting there. She said no, I, that makes me want her more. You know? Yeah, and then eventually ends up giving all her money, uh, all his money to her, um, and then he he gets over her real quickly, and that's like a little, it's it's like a little story that's just about character development, mm. and f- during that period, I forgot about the Woody Allen character. So then when we cut back to him and he's still skulking around, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about this guy. Oh, this is interesting. What's he up to? And then when they both meet, that even doesn't go the way you'd expect. No. And then I, when I, they all end up sitting around talking about philosophy in the whorehouse, that does not, it does not come across as pretentious as that sounds. It's actually like quite subtle and neat. No, I'd agree. I, 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 I was scared at the beginning just because of the bad response. I was scared that this was going to be, become quite similar to Hannah and her sisters. We get introduced to Woody Allen and then... We, we follow the Mia Farrow story for most of it, and then we just have, like, little side gags with him. Yeah, But the sketches. fact that they came together and it, and, it w- and their story was one, essentially, like, mm. really relaxed me, you know, because I was ready to have my arms folded and to go, oh, I'm just going to have to wait for this fucking gag machine, you know? He, the, the funny Woody Allen scenes, you know? Just because yeah. Hannah and her sisters is like that. But, um, no, and the the comedy is is really subdued, I hmm. think. Uh, it's it's really funny, but he's not going for cheap gags. Like there's this part in Hannah and his sisters where he throws a shoe, and something breaks, and he goes ooh, and it's meant to be funny. Mm. It's like the fucking pigeon bit in um, in uh, <laughs> Stardust Memories. Remember the pigeon? Yeah, bit? he's chasing a pigeon off screen, yeah. and it's meant to be funny. <laughs> Uh, but no. this nothing there's nothing like that that exists in this movie mm, mm. um yeah so, and it's a so, very quiet and honest film and it feels 
What was really refreshing is to watch a Woody Allen film that feels modest. Mm. And I think that that's best represented in the scene where they end up in the whorehouse and they're talking philosophy. Mm. And then Mm. all the other characters are talking about it and he's just sitting there and then they ask him what he thinks. And I think this is probably how he was feeling at the time is that he says something like, I used to think about these things a lot and now I'm not sure. And that was great because I was so fucking sick and tired of that cunt showing up and almost looking down the camera and, and trying to tell me exactly what he thinks and what I should think. It, it was, it was, he was being modest. I didn't even think about that and how out of character something like that is specifically for him. Yeah, you're right. That is, that, that, that's, that's, that's bizarre. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was like a it was a very different Woody Allen film. Like maybe that's Mm. why I was so excited by it. It's because Mm. I went in with all these expectations and then he went the other way with it. Why do you why do you think this one was um unsuccessful? Too weird. Too weird, too different? Too weird and I think that um on the surface it looked like it was gonna be some Woody Allen trying to like uh, recapture something that worked for him 20 years ago. One of his funny pictures? Yeah, they're like, oh, he's going back to trying to be funny. And, and, and so people would have like known exactly what to expect or it looks too weird. Mm, mm. Um, I, I have to say most of the film I quite enjoyed. Um, I am, I was a bit disappointed with the ending. Um, it seemed like one of Woody Allen's, oh, I've just got to quickly write this ending. I've just got to get out of here now. Uh, The ending was cripplingly abrupt for me. What happens Um, at the end? Can we just spoil it? Can you tell um, me what happens at the end? Wait, you haven't seen the end of this? No, I just can't remember the ending. So he's getting chased chased by the killer, right? Yeah. Woody Allen's been accused of being the fucking murderer. Yeah. He's getting chased by the killer in the circus and he runs into the drunk magician. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, and then they perform the magic trick. And and they perform the magic trick. They go into the mirror. The the thing the guys all kind of an, like annoyed in the chair and all the people run in and he's gone. And for me that sequence was amazing. Like it was super charming. Yeah, I love that. And it it seemed really inspired and fun. And then the movie's over. Yeah. Well, why is know. that bad? I don't know. I it just, it didn't, good. it didn't, it didn't, for me, it, it, I, I could just feel him writing this because that ending for me doesn't really fit with the rest of the film. Um, I, I think, I think a little, a little bit more should have led from that. See, I have... felt like it did because that was his character, um, having, um, like a moment that he deserved mm. because he'd he'd given up he'd been been wandering around waiting for death and over the course of the film he gets less scared as things go on and uh all signs are telling him to basically just lean into the absurd of of this reality as, as and he's the only one who seems to be fighting against it and at the end he does and we just have a very strange, charming moment in the film ends. Yeah. I thought, like, poetically it worked just f- fine. 
perfectly. It, Maybe a bit underwhelming if you care about, well, where's the killer or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess that might have been it. I think it's it's his this film. I don't know in the grand scheme of things how short it was, but maybe because I was enjoying myself so much, the the format of a Woody Allen film being uh, quite short kind of left me a bit surprised. I guess yeah. I, I I still I I feel like that there were things that were unresolved, and not everything needs to be resolved. But I guess mm. I was just expecting it to, like yeah. you know, um, or at least see them leave. I don't know. It just it just ended. And right, yeah, well, I thought that that was, um, that's what worked about it. And this is one of, um, like, this is, uh, I, I have not seen all of his films. Mm. Uh, maybe I never will, because there's like a hundred of them. Uh, but I've seen quite a lot. And from the ones I've seen, this is the one that is um, almost trying is trying the least hardest to be smart and is one of the smartest. Interesting. Yeah, because it's sort of like, to me, this felt like um, a a broad comedy on the the surface. Um, And it's like characters from a broad comedy or a sort of schlocky old school mystery horror film. But they've been caught up in this Kafkaesque world where instead all the characters are becoming very self-aware and are wondering what their purpose is. And they spend their night wandering the street with death literally lurking around the corner, following Mm. them. Um, And then so when you're taking that and they just end up all discussing life at the end. So when your film's taking that philosophical route... I think it makes sense that at the end of the film, not everything's resolved because that was kind of the point that they were talking about all that life shit was that not everything gets resolved and not everything works out, but you can occasionally have really grand moments like playing with the magician. You know what, Dane? I really like your perspective and I think I'm going to adopt it. I think I think I think you've convinced me there, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, maybe I was, I was reading too much into it. But no, that's what... I think I think I think the fact that you did, and I, I just went straight into Woody Allen, um, getting burned by Woody Allen mode, you know, where where things just end and it seems rushed, mm. and um, maybe because it did end abruptly doesn't necessarily mean it was rushed or happy accident. You right. know, he rushed it and it. And it came out. I quite think happy well. a- happy accident, or uh, I would call it lightning in a bottle. But he's being clumsy with it. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? Like the, the the thing, if I remember from the trial, like Kafka, right, is like he's getting accused, and it's getting more absurd, and he's getting more paranoid and defensive, mm. and you slowly start to figure out more as to why. Mm. Um, there is something big that happens at the end. And I think, I don't know, like maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm too smart and I, and I was like expecting something different. I don't know. Well, I, I felt I like, like it was, it was sort smart. of, that's, that's wanky, but I don't know. I was just expecting something different from the context that I got from the visuals in the story. Well, it was you sort know? of like a reverse Kafka situation because in Kafka's stories, 
they start off semi-grounded in reality, like mm. the beginning of a dream, and they grow more absurd as they go on. Yep. This one starts out very absurd and gradually comes down to reality before becoming very strange. But mm. it grows strange at the end in a real way because it's a magic trick. So it's still it's still reality. I don't mm. know if that's on purpose. I think I am being too generous with this movie. You're being quite generous, I will give you that. (laughs) Yeah, but um, that's what I found interesting about it was uh, by the end how tired every character is because they just seem exhausted and fed up and almost like fed up by just life, not even just in this time, but I think a bit in this time. Like everyone's like bored of themselves almost. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, you've, you've, you've kind of changed my opinion on this. Well, cause the killer is barely in it. No, he's not. I, I, the, it's, it's not about, I think at the end of the day, it's not about that. It, it is, mm-hmm. it is about, you know, those two coming together and on all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I feel like watching it again now. Fuck you. <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely not as surreal as Kafka, but. It's like a Woody Allen version of that. And I appreciate that he didn't go over the top and try to be just like Kafka and be as weird as Kafka. Sure. He just, he just, he just like took a little pinch of Kafka. You know what I mean? Mm. Little it's, pinch of Kafka. That's the most pretentious particularly shit I've ever at the, said Particularly at the beginning with the setup, I think. And then, of course, it morphs into something oh, quite the, different. Yeah, the, the very beginning with him waking up, people knocking on the door. I, like, I don't know if that's homage or rip off <laughs> for yeah. the, to the trial but um yeah uh, i think it was probably an homage because i think he was definitely started writing this with the intent of writing a kafka's now it's story. i think i think he lives and wears his inspiration quite quite openly like fucking Stardust Memories is his fucking eight and a half by Fellini. Yeah, he doesn't fuck. Um, a, fu- he doesn't fuck about with that. He's just like, yeah, this is my version of that. Yeah, you know, fucking what else is there? Um, Blue Jasmine is Streetcar Named Desire. Like he's, I don't think he's ashamed of it at all. He just, if something inspires him and he can do his version of it, like fuck it, right? Why yeah, not? it makes sense for him. He's to getting just be money like, every year. That. Why not? Yeah, you know, like if you have the if you have the capacity to, I, you know, I think we all would. Well, the Kafka shit worked well for him, and I want him to do more. Mm, mm. Um, could you see a difference in Mia Farrow in this film? <laughs> this is close to the end, you know? No, but I was I, I was wondering if she ever, like, confronts him on these things, where mm. she's like, you're making me a whore? There's a bit where, like, a character says to her, um, calls, I think, in a... In a clever way, it calls her less than a whore. Mm. And I was just like, does she fucking turn to him and be like, is this what you think of me? Are you just trying to call me a slut? Or like instead of instead of instead of like trying to subtly tell her that he's sleeping with their child or their or her sister, he's like, I'm just gonna call you a whore. <laughs> I'm just gonna call you names until until you realize that I fucking hate you. <laughs> oh fuck! Now nah, weird guy. Anyway, I don't know. I I'm I'm kind of like, 
you you kind of broken my brain a little bit with this one, Dane. I I, I I found it pleasant. I enjoyed it because it was from left field compared to a lot of the things he did. Yeah. Um, I didn't find it as quite profound as you did. Um, but from your perspective, it does make me want to watch this film again. Which, what were um, your thoughts on the lighting and cinematography? I thought it looked good. Um, I didn't think it looked fantastic. I could. I, I was kind of like, yeah, I get it. You know, this is a fucking. You, you've watched a bunch of old German films. I get it. You know, um, <laughs> it reminded me of um, Dead Man. It, yeah. Oh, like as in like trying to honestly portray a certain piece in time and stuff. No, in um, like the the map painting stars. Sure. Things like that. The yeah. uh, you know the stark noir lighting in a uh in a very obvious on a very obvious set you know mm. like they're not even really trying that hard to hide that it's a set no yeah no i, I get that um it wasn't it uh, i think this one relied it's literally in the fucking name i thought this film was a bit more contrasty than um than a uh, dead man you know it, yeah it really did you know the light really did separate people and stuff and mm. um yeah, writing-wise, like, I was enjoying it, um, mostly. Um, actually, you know, I, like, I don't want to say I have a similar opinion to the critics. I enjoyed it more than I think the general public did. I am kind of not really, and, and I'm seeing the inspirations and stuff, but I'm failing to see this as top-tier Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not really, I'm not really... The thing that blew me away with this more than anything is that it, it seemed brave for him to do. You know? Yeah, and it's just refreshing um, to see, especially the age that he was at the time, um, for him to be experimental and that he's clearly having fun. Mm, mm. You're like, oh, look, he's enjoying himself. He's yeah. excited to be doing and it. Then, and then he loses a bunch of money and then I'm guessing is afraid to ever be brave again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, you know, like, that sucks, right? <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it just sucks. It's I, fucking like, tragic. His, his, like, the next film of his, I mentioned I watched it earlier, that I find pretty good, is one called Deconstructing Harry. And I wouldn't consider that a brave film. You know, it's still a still a pretty fucking normal Woody Allen movie. And, I, and I'm looking down at, mm. at, at the rest of his career. Oh, shit, that's a brave one. Have you seen Match Point? No. Match points this one about this dude that's like fucking starts seeing a chick and he kind of like, she's like creepy. So he fucking murders her. Right. And it's like, it's like a thriller. That one was brave. Um, also Midnight in Paris. Yeah. No, that is. Yeah. That's that, that, financially that, that, brave because they would have had to have uh, built some sets for that one. Definitely. And it's a, it's a bit more of a fantasy yeah um i just yeah. like there was this there was this one of his that i watched with joaquin phoenix in it and a lot like the Irrational joker man. yeah <laughs> uh it was it was good because joaquin phoenix was in it yeah but it was like a philosophy teacher who is all caught up in nihilism no, there's a good, there's a good, you know, there's a good hook in there. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this now. He has stories about men trying to fuck people's sisters, and he has 
films about people trying to get away with murder. Yeah. What? That's a weird... Has it killed someone before? Oh, yes. Let's start that. I think he's murdered someone for fun. All right. Do you think he's the kind of person that could do that? Or do you think he's too, ju- like, too, like, yeah, to do anything like that? No, because in Irrational Man, uh, the he poisons someone. Totally. Yeah, and if you poison someone, you can kind of get away without, you know. It's official. Woody Allen poisoned someone. I think so. All right. Yeah. We just got to, like, find out who died that was connected to Woody Allen in the past. And at what time in his career. Because yeah. it must have been... I, I can tell you it's pre-1989. If we watch all his movies, we'll be able to figure out who it is and when it happened. Yeah. That's the hidden message in Woody Allen's filmography. Is that he's he's a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I, I don't really have anything else to say to you. Nah. Um, so, for... Uh, for um. Hannah and her sisters, out of 10, how many farts would you give this film? Um, so I'm going to take the farts more seriously. I've been throwing out 10s. You've been throwing out a lot of 10s, man. Yeah, I didn't think you, it really mattered. You've been making mattered. a joke just, of this very serious yeah, system we have. Yeah, I was just like, I, uh, no complaints, 10, I guess. But uh, no, I'm going to take the farts more seriously. Uh, Hannah and her sisters. Um, Hannah and her sisters gets a 6 out of 10. 6. Interesting. Yeah. What about Shadows and Fog? Shadows and Fog gets an 8 out of 10. Interesting. I've um I've gone 6 out of 10 for Shadows and Fog for farts. Mm. And I've given and and I and seriously because what I liked about it was great. Um what I didn't like about it was annoying me because it was just him popping up in the fucking film. Um I've had to I've I've given it 5 farts out of 10. Hannah and her sisters. Okay. I feel like it sh- It shouldn't be middle of the road. It should be higher than middle of the road, you know? But... I was surprised when I didn't know that this... That Hannah and her sisters was a, like a hugely critically acclaimed Woody Allen... Like considered one of his top films. Because I, 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 Yeah, I didn't know that as I was watching it. And then I went onto the Wikipedia after I'd finished watching it. And I was really surprised because I thought it was all right. Yeah, it was... It, and... Yeah, I don't know. Again, maybe it's a time thing. We weren't there. Take Woody you know. Allen out of it and put more of the other sister into it. It's an eight or a nine. An eight. I, I, I with those those bits of information, it's totally an eight. Mm. Um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what are we uh, what are we watching next week, 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 Dan? I think it's your pick. We're doing early Michael Bay. Early Michael Bay. So what? Like um, big like pre Transformers. Up to, yeah, pre-Transformers. I think, I think that's the island. Up the island the, and up, then... Up to the island. Yeah. Fuck, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to have a bit of fun with this. At least it's like... I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a fan of Transformers movies. Not even the first one, so... Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't really respect Michael Bay as a filmmaker. Controversial opinion, <laughs> I know. I don't think, I think he's very good. I think that's. I think that's a lot. Of, I think he's he's a meme for not being very good. Oh so, man, yeah. But but I'm I'm thank you for not saying the Transformers movies because I I I really would get depressed. Oh, no, I, I was thinking those. about doing that. Honestly, I was just gonna say the Transformers movies, and it's like, and then I'm you realize that watch... you're my friend. Yeah, and I'm that just you gonna don't watch... hate me. Yeah, I'm just going to watch one and five and we're both going to be sad and mm. the podcast is going to be shit. Yeah, I don't want to watch 
Transformers 5. I watched 1 and 2 and that was enough. I've seen Transformers 5. You've seen 5? Have you seen all 5 of them? I haven't seen 3. Okay, so you went 1, 3. You no, went no, 1, no, 2, I went four, one, two, four, five. Why'd you skip 3? I wasn't interested. But, but fucking Marky Mark made you interested Mark in 4? Mark Wahlberg dinosaurs can i just say fuck that cunt i hate mark Wahlberg. mark Wahlberg? yeah who likes mark Wahlberg? Do dude you? he's racist <laughs> so, <laughs> so i say i don't like mark Wahlberg. You're like you don't like mark Wahlberg, but he's racist <laughs> like like that's a good thing Are you fucking dude he serious? bashed a chinese man dude that he's a piece of shit christian fuck like no, no, no nothing against christians i don't know why i said that no offense christians i love christianity good for you no he's you, a fuck happy when he's a joke and not even a good actor are you sure like it's just like i when i found out about all the money in the world you know the movie he did with fucking kevin spacey that got reshot right you know you know he fucking held that film up for ransom until he got paid i think an extra few million dollars to shoot for an extra week <laughs> and then there's and then there's fucking Michelle Williams who does it for base rate, which I think was about thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, which is the legal uh, smallest amount that she could get paid for that time. And she did that because she wants the movie to get made because she believed in the film. Yeah, and she realized that they had to reshoot because of fucking pedophile fucking kevin spacey and then there's mark Wahlberg fucking holding the film up to ransom because he doesn't want to work an extra week fuck that guy on He's that a grind piece of shit. baby on that grind you know how marky mark be oh come on if, if 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 he if he took his career seriously then he would have done it for free he takes money seriously well clearly he does sorry it's getting i'm getting annoyed anyway this has been the movie uh this has been movie butts talk to you soon bye bye Thank you.